So for this episode, would it make any sense to switch up our formatting and do the rewrite and the little fight thing first so that, like, I mean, I feel like there's some ceremony here. This is our last chapter, and we can end on a note there's of... There's no precedent for that. Yes, but we're, we can end on a note of actually talking about the book because I feel like it's, you know, ending awkwardly on, oh, yeah, and Lucy wins the ultimate battle. Cool. Uh, follow us on social media. Um, <laughs> Is, if is, you want to do that, we can do that. But it's your fault. I'm blaming you 100%. Break-in <laughs> format is not approved. Okay, we can we can do the same format. Welcome to Chronically Narnia, the podcast in which we discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing the ultimate chapter of the entire series. This is chapter 16 of The Last Battle, and this chapter is called Farewell to Shadowlands. I am mother of King Rillian the Disenchanted. The star's daughter. Also known as Kristen. Hi, Kristen. I'm glad you finally got a name. I don't get a name. <laughs> I still have no name. She is given no name. Yep. Not important. All of this justice for Susan stuff, justice for Rillian's mom, who's got no name. Yep. Anyway, who are you? What are you doing here? What are we going to um, talk about today? Because I'm obviously going to be talking about Rillian's mom the whole time. Uh, I'm someone you might have heard of if you're familiar with the stories from those countries. Oh, yeah. Obviously. So I'm, you know, I'm in the garden. Yeah, you're Bacchus. <laughs> um, also known as? Chris. Uh, hello, Chris. Sorry, I was thinking about several jokes there that I shouldn't make on the podcast. <laughs> Anyway. You got distracted for a moment I did creative thinking. I did. <laughs> Since when does that happen? Ooh, weird. Weird times. Anyway, this is a weird episode, Kristen. This is the last episode we'll ever do discussing a chapter of Narnia. Yes, it is. Just a singular chapter, yes. Wow. Wow. We did it. We've done over a hundred of these at this point. Yep. <sighs> We've been doing this for two years. Yeah. Right now, this this month or next month, right? I thought we already passed two years. Oh, are we just a? Because I thought it was January. I don't actually know. Okay. We started this pre-COVID. We did start this pre-COVID. So it's been more than <laughs> yeah. It would have been like January or something. Yeah. Yeah, two years <sighs> and some months now. Yeah. It's been a it's been a journey. Yeah. Oh. Has certainly it's... been a time. Uh, I can't believe this is the last chapter of Narnia. I'm I'm not sad. Let's not say that. That's a strong <laughs> word. Uh, but it is definitely there's a finality to it. Like it's closing a a two year long adventure we've been doing. It is. I have feelings about it, but I I'll get into them more when we do an actual wrap up episode on the chapter. Yeah, that's a uh, because on the book this is the, just yeah yeah so. For anybody listening, we're planning at least two follow-up episodes to this, where we're going to do one discussing uh, The Last Battle as a book, and then one 
theoretically, it's going to be like a three-hour episode discussing the entire series. Uh, so we'll see. Now, the timing on that may have to <laughs> wait until after we've started the next uh, series because neither one of us has put in any effort to scheduling anything with anyone for any of that. So if you're out there and you'd like to be on the wrap-up episode, <laughs> uh, you know how to contact us, please do so, and we'll schedule something. Uh, really, literally anybody. It uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> Friend of the podcast or not, just let us know. <laughs> just some <laughs> random person who's never heard an episode. Yep. She's like, I want to be on a podcast. Yep. What are you talking about? Narnia. Familiar? Nope. <laughs> Never heard of it. You might have to be familiar with the story. Uh, you might That's have the to have read The Last Battle in the last couple months. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so how do we start this off, Kristen? It's an excellent question. The first thing that we do, because I know you've never done this before. Never. You're new here. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that we do what happened is to your we old banter. Co-host? I, well, we're further up and we're further in, so <laughs> I'm now getting the, the, the bigger on the inside version of my co-host. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're like an onion, but as you peel back the layers, <laughs> circles are bigger. I don't think that's how my body works, but I'll discuss it with my doctor. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. This is, I'm like giddy to do this episode, so let's get it done. <laughs> yeah. After we banter, yeah. uh, we discuss our summaries. So uh, what we do is we read the chapter and we pick out five sentences. Uh And those five sentences, we try to summarize the chapter in the chapter's own words. Just pulling out five random sentences, you know. Cool. So uh, would you like to go first or shall I? Uh, I will go ahead and go first. You got it. Uh, This also might be my last five-sentence summary because I feel like, uh, not to spoil anything, but we have talked about some formatting changes for the next series uh, where I may not be doing these anymore, so you're 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 just like I'm gonna peel back the curtain all <laughs> the way. We're just gonna tear the curtain down. Let, you know, let's just no curtains. Yep. I like sunlight. <laughs> if you don't have any curtains, they can't be blue. Curtains can't <laughs> be blue. If there are no curtains. Maybe the curtains just don't exist. And we got to shove in every single inside reference to this podcast in the next three episodes <laughs> we possibly can. Yeah, because we can never reference no. back to this podcast again. Never. Once this, this once <laughs> Narnia is done and we've moved on to Chronically Olympus, yeah, no. We'll deny all knowledge of ever doing this. Yep, this never existed. N- Narnia? Who was that by? Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, this is my five-sentence summary. This is going to be a, a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> Further up and further in, called Farsight, tilting his flight a little upward. Only when they had reached the very top did they slow up. That was because they found themselves facing great golden gates. Everyone you had ever heard of, if you knew the history of those countries, seemed to be there. That country and this country, all the real countries, are only spurs jutting out from the great mountains of Aslan. But for them... It was only the beginning of the real story. Well, we have uh, same second, third, and fourth sentences. <laughs> wow. Yep. So let me try to read the same sentences, just with different bookends. Okay. But before Jill had time to notice all these things fully, she was going up the waterfall herself. 
Only when they had reached the very top did they slow up. That was because they found themselves facing great golden gates. Everyone you had ever heard of, if you know the history of these countries, seemed to be there. That country and this country, all the real countries, are only spurs jutting out from the great mountains of Aslan. There was a real railway accident, said Aslan softly. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, that's sentence five? That's the one you're going to end the entire year summaries on? Yeah. Is that a complete sentence? I yeah. feel like there's a hyphen there. No, there was a real railway accident, said Aslan softly. Oh my god, that's a terrible <laughs> last sentence. It is. It really is. It's not the last sentence of the book. I don't know it's why. It's pretty darn close. Yeah, it's within a couple paragraphs, but then there's, mine comes after that, and then like a longer sentence that's like, yeah, every chapter's better than the last chapter, or like a really nice little bow. Like the last sentence of the book is actually good. All right, I'll read the last sentence of the book if it makes you feel better. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Like That's a, fun, that's a great final sentence. Whatever. It's not punctuated well. I, I take great <laughs> issue with the punctuation. You take umbrage? I, I take issue. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Shall we talk about the chapter? Sure. So this is Denouement. This is, you know, epilogue stuff. So I don't know how much we can really get into here because, like, we don't really have character development. We don't have plot. There's nowhere else for the plot to go. The plot ends. It is done. Uh, so, so that's why we don't have baseless speculation. Yes. <laughs> that's why we got rid of it before the book. Yeah, yeah. But can we talk about Aslan's country? Can we talk about uh, the literal rainbows and unicorns? Yes, literal <laughs> little rainbows and unicorns. Uh, so everybody wants to go further up and further in. And so this Farsight, is the fourth chapter in a row that that has been a refrain in, including a title of a chapter being that. Lewis really, really liked that uh, that phrasing when he came up with it. Yeah, it is like... Sorry, I don't want to offend the historians. Lewis probably didn't come up with that, but yeah, whoever just, did. I don't know. It just seems like a rather uh, repetitive thing. I don't know. So they get up to the Great Waterfall, and this is bookends the story because we start at the Great Waterfall. Yes, and it so does. Answer. However, this is the waterfall at Cauldron Pool. Yes. Where the lion skin fell down. Yes. Which has, Cauldron Pool has not existed in the Narnia series up until this point. Like, this book is the first time we encounter Cauldron Pool. Correct. So, yes, for this book as an isolated thing, it's a fun bookend. But for the series as a whole, I wish that they had ended up at Lantern Waste or something. Because that's yeah. where they entered. And I know Cauldron Pool is near Lantern Waste and all of that. So it is, like, the closest body of water to Lantern Waste. But it's still a little, like, frustrating to me that for the series as a whole, it's not bookending their experience in Narnia as as well as it could. I mean, at least for the way we read it, it does a little bit. Because we read The Magician's Nephew first. Um, and if you're reading the series in the correct order, uh, a release order then you would still be reading Magician's Nephew after this, correct? No, no, you would be reading it immediately before this. Immediately so before. So you would come up Magician's Nephew straight into this. Well, that's dumb, too. Uh, the way we read it is better because uh, we built in this very nicely of going back 
to the same garden that we went to at the end of Magician's Nephew yes. oh so many books ago. Yes. So it does parallel that. Yes. Um, so I think we make a we made a really strong argument that that is the way you should actually read the series in this one. I feel like that's our great contribution to... I don't know uh, who this we you're talking about is. <laughs> I feel like I've made no. a really strong argument. You have. <laughs> I never want the prequel to be the first encounter someone has with the series. You You get the first. Uh-huh. And then you go to the prequel. Okay. We still haven't come up with our proper Narnia machete order for uh I just, I mean, there's like five chapters in this book. You could just skip entirely. There are. Um, this book is like the, the Jar Jar Binks for me. Anyway, what? Um, so anyway. It's not. It's not. This is a very valuable book. Anyway, so they're just like, you know what? Let's go further in. Let's go into the Western Wastes, or I guess Western Wild that we call it now. There are no wastes in real Narnia. Uh, and let's head up there and go into an explorer country because we want to go further up and further in. And they go and they... And they, they come up to the pool and the eagle flies over and says, let's go further up and further in. And uh, Eustace is like, yeah, well, that's all well and easy for him to say. He can fly. And then they jump into the water and start swimming up the waterfall. Yep. like salmon. Like graceful, graceful salmon. Yep. They swim up the waterfall. Yep. And... Jules, specifically, Jules' horn is cutting through the water, spraying out rainbows of the waterfall away from their horn as as, as Jules swims up this waterfall. Yeah. And it is an absolutely ridiculous rainbows and unicorns moment for me. <laughs> Be like, yes. there's literally a unicorn going up a waterfall with rainbows exploding off of its head. Yes, which I can't confirm this, but I well, I read that and was like, this might be another one of his Norse mythology references. Okay. Uh, because this could be a reference to the Bifrost, which... Uh, yeah, the rainbow, the road coming and crossing from... I mean, at this point, they've already entered into real Narnia. Yeah. But this could be... Describing a path to go further in and to actually enter into, so specifically entering into the fullness of Aslan's country. Yeah. Because the Bifrost is used to travel between worlds. Yeah. Much like the wood between the worlds, Uh which is not addressed whatsoever in this entire book. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, and also for for all the Norse mythology nerds out there, I know that's controversial. I'm familiar. Uh, Don't at me. Um as, as a quick aside, uh, there's, there is some debate whether the Bifrost is originally intended to be a path between worlds and like a lot of the, uh, and a lot of the Eddas, which are the texts that a lot of what we know about North, Norse mythology comes from, because in the very earliest ones, uh, basically the way that anybody, including gods gets between worlds is just to travel for a really, really long time. Okay. <laughs> like there's stories about Thor just hitching up a wagon and traveling for days east and getting to another realm. Okay. So. Huh. There's that. So, you could also do that. But anyway, uh, this could be a Bifrost reference. Cool. Um, so that was fun. Rainbows and unicorns. It's very pretty. Yep. Uh, then Jill is the one who goes up last, so she's the one who gets to see and describe this. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis was very prescient here. He just basically, you know, foretold the, the advent of Lisa Frank. Yep. And, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That whole aesthetic. 100%. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then the dogs almost drowned going up. It's hilarious. Because they're barking yep. so much. 
I can't throughout this entire book. I can't tell if C.S. Lewis is or is not a dog person. I really yeah. don't. Also, get Lisa if Frank was born the year before this book came out. Really? Yep. Okay. She was born in '55. Wow. Was a person? <laughs> you didn't know Lisa Frank was a person. No. Lisa Frank was a person. Okay. It was called Lisa Frank. Okay. I guess assumed at some point, but anyway. Um. Lisa Frank was the founder yeah. of the Lisa yeah. Frank Incorporated. But yeah, no, no. Lisa Frank was a real... <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, this, this isn't a uh, an early 90s uh, schoolgirl aesthetic podcast, so we're going to move on. <laughs> I just don't understand how you didn't think that she was okay. a real person. I don't know. Anyway. Like, I understand you got burned by Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, dead since they're closing my most convenient Wendy's. They too. are. Dang it, Starbucks. <laughs> we lost our Starbucks sponsorship right there. Yep. Um, anyway. So they go up the waterfall, which is really basically impossible to do in our world, but it's not there. Uh, Obviously. They and they get the to the top of the waterfall, and they have a really quick-paced river that they're able to swim easily and make headway as they swim. And they're they're heading they're heading uh, out westward. And there's this discussion between Tyrion and Diggory, being like, uh, "Hey, you came out this way on a flying horse one time, right?" "Yep, totally did." "Do you remember?" "Do you remember?" "Do you Do remember?" You remember? <laughs> "It's on there twice." <laughs> "Yep, it's twice in a row." "Do you remember?" "Do you remember?" "Yep, drink." Uh, "Oh wait, no." <laughs> <sighs> That's not this podcast. That's the other one. <laughs> um, so, uh, they just have this fun little uh, trek through the western wilds and uh, up and over mountains and across rivers and uh, oh, over lakes, which uh, they, they ran across as if they were living speedboats. Bingo! <laughs> That's my Narnia bingo card filled out. Um. Further up and further in, roared the unicorn because the unicorns That's roar. the free space. Yep. <laughs> and then they ultimately find themselves at a set of very familiar golden gates. This is a place that we've been here before. They're very familiar to, to two of these characters. Yes. Um, and to the readers who just read The Magician's <laughs> Nephew as the previous book to this. Yes. Uh, so these are the golden gates to the garden of... I, I don't know. That's where the original apple tree was for... Uh, the, the magic apples that prevent evil. Yep. Cool. That's where those were. The ones that the tree was planted to protect Narnia, all of that. Yeah. And they asked if, you know, they could possibly go in, if this is meant for them. And then a horn blows and the gates open and who shows up Reepateep. at the very end of the book? Reepateep. Reepateep. <laughs> You're so happy about Reepateep. that. Reepateep. <laughs> yeah. It's Reepateep. Uh, it's Enoch, the one who didn't die. Yep, he's here. Here's our uh, very last Reaper Cheap artwork. Yep, that's right. that's the uh, cover art for the chapter for me. Cool. With the gates behind him. Yeah. Uh, he he strolls on out. Uh, then a couple people in the group are just like, Irma Gerd. Uh, Emma and Lucy rush forward, and Peter uh, rush in, just like, hey, long time no see. How's it going, Reaper Cheap? Uh, and then... Uh, then we have just 
a long list of people who are there and how everyone responds to them. Well, Tyrion uh, gets interrupted because, like, his dad's there. Yep. Dad comes out of nowhere, who he hasn't seen in years and years. Uh, gives him a hug. Art thicker and stronger than I last saw you. What, what does it say? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Jewel is just like, yep, gonna give him a moment alone. Yeah, but, I'm gonna uh, step away from that. What is that, flying yeah. horse? Yep. Uh, Fledge is back. We brought back Fledge. Yep. Never expected to see him again. I, I find it interesting that Jewel is so fascinated with Fledge. Like, Jewel has previously brought up Fledge in the chapter, and that, like, brought it up to, to Polly. Was it Fledge that, or was it Jewel that brought it up to Polly and Diggory, or was Maybe. it Tyrion? Uh, I think it was Tyrion. Okay. Well, either way. We have the transition, the the visual transition here between, oh, Tyrion's father, Fledge, all from (laughs) Jewel's perspective. And it feels like Jewel is like fangirling over Fledge for a second as it's interrupted by Polly and Diggory rushing over to hug him. Uh, It's, I just had this image of like the, uh, the the old meme with the uh, the guy like walking with his girlfriend looking over his shoulder at the yeah in the red dress that's yeah. that's Fledge like he's got his arm around uh, King Arlian and Fledge is back there I don't know. describing memes uh, who text who form. has their aunt arm I don't know let's cut all that who, who's cut, the guy in this cut, cut. who's the guy <laughs> who's the guy because Fledge Jewel. is the red dress Jewel. yeah so Rillian's the girlfriend who's uh-huh. upset uh huh okay yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, that that was all very awkward, and we should take that out. I'm gonna leave it in the bloopers <laughs> at least. <laughs> anyway, and so then they head into the garden, and everybody you've ever heard of was there. If you know the history of Narnia. Uh, we got Glimfeather. We got Puddleglum back. Um, and in my book, for some reason, there's a very large hyphen in the word Marshwiggle. I want to point that out. Puddleglum, the Marsh Wiggle. Okay. <laughs> I just thought formatting that was weird. Yeah. Uh, King Rillian, uh, his mother. We don't care who that is. Yep. King Rillian, the disenchanted, <laughs> and his mother. Yep. And his father, Caspian. Caspian, uh, Drinian, and Burn. Uh, I had to struggle to remember which ones those were. I don't know. Drinian. Uh, well, Drinian was ship's captain. Yeah. Who was Burn? I don't know. Okay. It's been a while since John Treader. Uh been a while since Don Treader. That's you know with John actual Shredder, yeah. John Shredder. John Shredder. John Shredder. Uh Trumpkin and Truffle Hunter are there. Uh and Glenstorm shows up. All the heroes from the War of Deliverance. Uh King Loon and Erevis and Corrin It's really nice and, of them to keep themselves grouped together within yeah, their specific stories it too. Really, it really is. Burn was one of the lords. Yeah. I just re- couldn't remember which lord he was. No, no. Uh, and then Bree and Wynn and all of them show up. Uh, I do want to point out the wording of this. It says, uh, from further away in the past, the two good beavers. Yep. And implying that those are the two beavers that made it to heaven. The yep. two good ones. Yep. All the other beavers, eh, they fell into Aslan's shadow. That was Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And and Tumnus shows up. Yep. Uh, Who knew? How did Tumnus <laughs> get in here? Well, my first thought was like, uh, it says from further back in the past, and then the next page immediately it's like 
You have no idea how good an old joke sounds when you take it out again for a rest of fi- after a rest of five or six hundred years. Do old jokes really <laughs> age well, though? Like a fine wine. Do they really? Because I know Aslan's Jesus, but like... Uh-huh. <laughs> that was very good. It was very meta. Um, my first thought was just like the imagining Tumnus just acting like he's been there forever. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, I've been here for, oof, oof, I've been dead for such a long time. And not like, you know, he just perished at the end of the world because he's been kept un- alive unnaturally for thousands of years. I see. <laughs> he just kind of casually wanders in eating an apple, just like, oh, you guys are finally here. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. It's I've been, been, been waiting forever. Thousands of years. <laughs> but it's been no time at all because time doesn't pass here. Yep, it does not. And there's a, uh, could be an hour, could be a hundred years, or everybody's mingling, eating fruit, hanging out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then they look over and realize, well, Lucy specifically looks over the edge and realizes Well, that, no, she sits with Tumnus and they have a little chit-chat looking yeah. out the garden. One more chat with Tumnus. Yeah. Uh, and notices that while it seemed like this little tiny hill that they climbed up to get here, it's actually like a cliff thousands of feet high. Yeah, and that this garden is also bigger on the inside, just like the stable was bigger on the inside. Yeah. Lucy's realizing this as someone who didn't enter... The stable from the outside. Mm-hmm. She's like, this place is just like the stable. It's mm-hmm. bigger on the inside. Well, they, they told her about that. Yeah, but she didn't experience it. <laughs> like, if Jill was saying this, totally fine. Yeah. It's not who's saying this. It's Lucy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, also, we had a moment earlier where Lucy said... Have you noticed that you can't be afraid, even if you want to? Yeah, we we skipped over that. That we was did. um. That because was we're going to have a line coming up here at the end when Lucy says, "We're afraid you're going to send us away." Yeah, it's kind of an inconsistent little. Uh, yep. Little bit. Maybe there's different kinds of fear. In heaven, you can't feel fear of like death, but you can have all the existential dread you want. <laughs> <sighs> You can't be afraid of swimming up a waterfall, but you can be afraid of being disowned and unwanted. Yep. <laughs> Just how Aslan intended it. Yep. Uh... Then we have the onion conversation where Tumnus is just like, well, of course, and, and, and you know, Tumnus would immediately be intimately familiar with, like, the deep, like, philosophy of how Narnia and, and heaven operates. Well, he's also been here for 2,000 years. Of course. So. Um... <laughs> Heaven's like an onion. Yes. You see. What about parfait? <laughs> Parfait's got layers. Uh, and this is, and, and it's 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 an interesting take on it, as I'm not sure of the benefit here. Like you can have, like I feel like it's really easy to be like, yeah, Aslan's country or heaven is just like you know this infinite space and it's infinite good and like you can go on forever and like et cetera, it just, et cetera. It keeps getting deeper. Yeah, but like this idea where it's like an onion. And, like, the deeper you go into it, the more real it gets and the bigger it gets. Like, it's like... It's a fractal. It's like a fractal where, like, you keep going and Narnia just gets repeated over and over and over and over again. I don't Which know. is because... it Well, it, it's what it implies because it says, uh, Lucy looked hard at the garden and saw that it was not really a garden but a whole world with its own rivers and woods and sea and mountains, but they were not strains. She knew them all. I see, she said. This is still Narnia and more real and more beautiful than the Narnia down below. So this is just Narnia repeating itself as you go deeper into Narnia. Maybe. 
<laughs> it's a fractal. Yeah. So, Aslan was just like, nope, Narnia is good enough that I never need to do anything else. Just well, it's also one mountain in the range <laughs> of Aslan's mountains. Yes. Like, which we find out later. Like, this is not the ultimate experience of Aslan's country. Yeah. This is the ultimate experience of Aslan's Narnia. Yes. Uh, and then she looks around and realizes that she has special elf eyes and she can see really far away. I see um, a house. Uh-huh. And she looks at the southern desert, uh, sees the great city of Tashban. Apparently that made it into heaven. Yeah, that's, Who that, I specifically <laughs> wrote that. I was like, why is Tashban <laughs> visible here? Like, because, like, uh, why? <laughs> we've, we, we've, like, yes, I want it to be there. But we've made so many, like, absolute profound statements of just, like, morally good and morally evil being drawn on this line of of borders here between the desert and and Narnia or Arkenland. Yeah. And, like, yes, there are characters (laughs) like Erebus from Kallerman who end up being positive and good characters and even end up in, in Aslan's country here. Yes. But, like, is Erebus home? here and not Sorry, you know like a terrible joke but does does color man need to be there for the Calarmine soldier and erebus who made it into narnia like into aslan's narnia yeah like or is it or is there a fully realized is that part of narnia like and it's just that we've made all of these statements in the books as a whole about the people there like mm. Why is it here? Well, that's slightly crappier heaven. That's, uh, you know, they don't get the full. Yeah. <laughs> the full version. Those are the people who haven't come further up and further yep. in and yep. left what they know. Apparently. Uh, anyway, she can see everything out into the Lone Islands and islands beyond islands to the edge of the world and beyond that, Aslan's country, a uh, great mountain. But now she saw it was part of a great chain of mountains which reigned around the whole world. Before we continue on that... Why doesn't C.S. Lewis like snow? He just doesn't snow seem is not a thing that can He show just up doesn't in seem to like snow at all. Like, 100%. Just, uh, none of the mountains had snow. There was no snow uh-huh. on any of these mountains. Period. Yeah. No snow. I mean, uh, in terms of the greater human perspective, like, the idea of getting to enjoy snow is a very recent uh, development. Because for the vast majority of human history, snow just meant death and, like, there's no food. and It's, like, it's still beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty. It just means... Prior like, to 1956, is... <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. Snow just, has like, been appreciated longer than this book has been around. Yes. It just had a very different connotation. So I can kind of see the reference there being like, oh, yeah, there's no snow, there's no winter, there's no... There's yes, no well, and symbolically here, we <sighs> have had winter be this thing that they had to break the witch's hold yeah. with. But also, we had Father Christmas show up. Like, and, like, that's the, the beautiful element of winter. Uh-huh. Is this kind of season of death before the birth of, you know, what? But it doesn't have to be winter for there to be snow <laughs> on mountains. That's true. Um, Anyway, why doesn't C.S. Lewis, why does he love the sea so much and not like the snow? And also, 
what has he got about railways all of a sudden? <laughs> he, 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 he loved railways. Yep. All this whole time, he's loved railways. And now he just doesn't. <laughs> Did he? Is he okay? Like, there's a major character shift in this narrator. Uh, well, he's not okay. He's dead. Um, but someone should check on him. <laughs> well, as they call it in the Shadowlands, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, he's off in Narnia somewhere. Um. Anyway, so they look around and they see this great mountain range of Aslan's country, and then they realize, oh, hey, look, there's a house over there, but it's not just a house. That's England. Hey, look, can see England from here. I can see my house from here, says yeah. Diggory. Yeah. I can see Russia from my house. Uh, but they look down, and that old house I thought had been destroyed. Nope. Uh, you know, no good thing is destroyed in the real England. Nothing. Which does present an issue. Yes. So this is kind of like the, uh, you know, the little entrapment question that the Pharisees tried to ask Jesus about uh, the man and his, uh, or the wife and her seven husbands. Yeah. It was just like, you know, if she gets to heaven, who is the real husband, et cetera, et cetera. So that becomes this question of like, let's say somebody's house uh, in, in good real England or in, in England gets built and then later gets demolished and some other fantastic. Hey, hey, it's it's bigger on the inside. I know. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah. Both houses can be there. Okay. The space I'm, has I'm, been <laughs> bigger. I'm just saying what happens if another good house goes into the same space and they both have to exist. It's bigger. Okay. It's bigger. All right. That's all I was checking on. It's bigger. Cool. I was trying to trap you like a Pharisee. Um. There is no death in all of that. There's no marriage. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so anyway, they see the real in England within England, and it's just over there, and you can walk there. You can just kind of wander over. Uh, I, I do... Well, Lucy calls over the boys. Yeah. And they come over, and their eyes had become like hers. So they can see the house. They see that it's Diggory's house. And they see their parents. And they see their parents. They're over there. They waving. are, and they're waving at them. Apparently, uh, their parents were not terrible people, like Susan. Their parents also were apparently present in this train accident, which is, again, stuff that was not established in any way. It was. Their and parents were Yeah, there? yeah. When they first talk about getting to Narnia, uh, Edmund and Peter and all them, they're just like, hey, I bet our parents were on the same train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They did say that. Yeah. But we didn't know about it. It was possible that our parents were on the yeah. same train. Yeah. Okay. But, like... All right. Um, it feels so, even worse for Susan now. Yeah, like she literally loses like her entire family. Like not only did she lose her three siblings, she also lost her parents. Yep. It's a uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but they see him over there. I find it really interesting that uh, I guess not interesting. It's kind of fun. That in Lewis's depiction of this heaven here, like, we can run at 80 miles an hour and we can go straight up waterfalls and all this. We can't fly, though. Flying, no. No, we can run straight that, over yeah. the surface of the lake, though. Yeah, that's flying is too fantastic. We can't just fly over to England. We have to go the long way and hike, go a little, little mountain hike to get over there because it's connected in another jutting point of this mountain range. Yeah. We can't. No other way over there, though. Nope. <laughs> so... 
It's uh, you no, can't just think about being and, there and tap your heels. Yeah, unless you're far sight. Now he can fly over. Yeah, but so you don't you don't get wings if you didn't have them. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is part of why Jewel is so excited to see the uh, the flying horse fledge. Maybe yes. Also, we skipped over the fact that uh, Frank and Helen were there. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were King, sitting in front in King, thrones of the garden. Yeah, at, at the center of the garden under the tree where the phoenix was. Yeah, there's a phoenix in. In which book? Where was the phoenix? Magician's nephew. That was the that was the super bright bird that was in the garden guarding the tree. It was a phoenix there to begin with. Did he's they... been there the whole time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's the flaming sword defending the tree. Apparently. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The one. I was phoenix. like, I don't remember there being a phoenix, but also that book was a long time ago. Uh huh. Uh, but then also he cries and he heals the wound that was caused by the... Oh, wait. Um, it's a different book. Different book. <laughs> different book. We're never, we're never doing that series. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry, listeners. Never going to happen. Uh, so they walk around, around the edge and they are able to get there uh, eventually. Well, do they actually go to England in this book? They don't. They start heading that way. And they're intercepted by Aslan, oh, who yes. calls out Puzzle. Yes. Uh, so everybody gets distracted because Aslan shows up, and he is like the one celebrity here. Uh, uh, you say that like they didn't all freak out over Frank and Helen. Uh-huh. That's true. Uh, he's the biggest celebrity here. Yeah. He's the biggest deal. Because they were there in all their glory, as you can imagine Adam and Eve would be. Mm-hmm. Because they were the ones from whom descended all the kings and queens of Narnia. Does that mean that, like, the Pevensies descended from them somehow? No, because they come from, they. I mean, they came from a lineage of Earth, so uh, I don't think so. Okay. They're, the prophecy, I don't know how this actually works. We don't have a record of the genealogy of uh, the Pevensey children. We do not. That was in the unreleased Narnia Chronicles book that uh, Lewis never published. Yes. Uh, so Aslan shows up, calls out the puzzle. Puzzle looks uh, feeble, feeble and silly. Mm-hmm. As he walked up to Aslan, and Aslan whispers something in his ear. We do this which, this this game again. Yeah, which he looks really sad about, then whispers something else, and then Puzzle perks up. We never, never will find out nope. what Aslan told Puzzle either time. Doesn't matter. That's not for us. Just like Eustace. Yeah. Uh, I'm really curious as to what Aslan said to make him sad, though. Because, like, I can understand, like, oh, yeah, I forgive you. You're great. Awesome. Welcome. You're, you can stay. Any perks up. But what did Aslan say that was just, like, this is my judgment upon you that made Puzzle's ears, like, sink? We can baselessly speculate about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, you, you were deceived. Uh-huh. And you knew that it wasn't right. You should have done more kind of thing. Yeah. But you're still welcome. Something like that. Uh, and then Aslan says kind of... A, I wouldn't call it a... Because uh, I was trying to think of a way to say this that I can censor. He doesn't put this in a rude way. I don't think. But he's just like... You do not yet look so happy as I mean you to be. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hey... Have I not done enough? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Look how awesome this place is. Why aren't you happier? Yeah. 
And like in that and moment, I was and just that, like, and since we've not transitioned from talking about puzzle, I'll explain to the audience that Chris is transitioning <sighs> to Aslan talking to the kids. Yes, Aslan turned to them and said, "You don't look as happy as I mean you to be." Um, and that just immediately reminded me of like the guy that comes into you know the coffee shop and it's just like, "Why don't you smile more?" <sighs> you say that like. <laughs> Like, it's exclusively in coffee shops that creepy people do this mess. Uh, any Anybody in the service industry has gotten this before. Yes. Well, you smile more. You're not and, as happy as I need you to be. Yes, and every woman has gotten it outside of their job, too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so Aslan is briefly that guy. Yeah. And Lucy's just like, we're Why so... Why are you happy, Lucy? We're so afraid of being sent away, even though we can't feel fear, uh, as you've sent us back into our own world so often... And Aslan's just like, oh, hey, by the way, you guys didn't know you were dead? There, you got not, <laughs> nothing to go back that to. Was, so was that not clear? Clearly it was not clear. <laughs> yeah. And he says there was a real railway accident. Uh, your father and mother and all of you are, as you used to call it in the Shadowlands, dead. This is the first time we refer to uh, the real world. The real world as being the Shadowlands. First and only time. Apparently that's a thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's in the chapter title. This is the farewell to Shadowlands. Uh, the term is over. The holidays have begun. Yes. The dream is over. This is the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. So does he transform into, like, human Jesus? Jesus! Does he show up? He still does can't. Does he have he, blue eyes? He still doesn't use the word Jesus. Uh, and then they live happily ever after. Uh, it's the beginning of the real story. We've already read the last sentence of the book. Chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. And that is it. Yep. And then I have this fun little blank page in the back that I guess I can, like, doodle on. It's a fly leaf. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway. That's it. That's it. That's the series. Yep. And we are already over time. We don't have time to do any of our other stuff. <laughs> Is there anything that we need to talk about here? I know I, it's so hard to, to not bring up anything about the rest of the book or the series as a whole. I have so much I want to say about everything. Yeah. My notes we've already that. hit on. I wrote rainbows and unicorns, literally. Old <laughs> jokes age well, question mark? Because no. I don't remember the context of jokes. Like, I know that they're funny. But I have so many, we have so many inside jokes uh-huh. that I have no memory of the context of. And I'm just like, well, really glad that you can remember all the context when you're in real Narnia. Well, just as an experiment, I want to I wanna look at something really quick as a quick aside. Anyway, uh, so just for funsies, I have found a list of ten of the oldest recorded jokes uh, in history. Okay. Uh, that date back thousands of years in some cases. All right, but to see if an old, you know, an old joke just really, really still does slaps. it for you. Uh, so this is a uh, one circa three to four hundred A.D. Uh, quote: Asked by the court barber how he wanted his haircut, the king replied. In silence. <laughs> so, As someone who doesn't like talking to my stylist, I'm gonna be real with you. That's a good joke. Uh, 
been a bunch, haven't they? Wow. Apparently. <laughs> so, that one worked out for you. Yeah, okay. Here's, Your here. point's made. Your point is made. Here's another from ancient Greece. Wishing to teach his donkey not to eat, a peasant did not offer him any food. When the donkey died of hunger, he said, I've had a great loss. Just when he had learned not to eat, he died. Okay. I feel like that's trying really hard to teach a moral lesson <laughs> rather than just be funny. Uh-huh. How many more of these do you want to do? Uh, I'll just I'll just do one more. Right. This is this is one from 1100 BC. Uh, a woman who was blind in one eye had been married to a man for 20 years. When he found another woman, he said to her, "I shall divorce you because you are said to be blind in one eye." And she answered him, "Have you just discovered that after 20 years of marriage?" No. <laughs> <laughs> So once you go back to 3,000 years ago, they start to fall off. Uh, but anyway, we have another segment to get to. We do. So this is not ancient jokes. Though we could uh, though we could do that as a segment in the next series. Yes, yeah, I mean Jokes Greek. from ancient Greece. Yeah. Uh, so our next segment is our rewrites, yes, where we pick out five sentences from this book and use them to tell an entirely new, well, this chapter specifically. Use them to the tell. As a whole. No. That would be m- much more work. And use them to tell an entirely new story. Yep. Uh, I did my summary first, Kristen, Correct. so if you'd like to do your rewrite first. Sure. Here's my rewrite. I thought that house had been destroyed, said Edmund. This is absolutely crazy, said Eustace to Edmund. And they came and looked, for their eyes also had become like hers. The dream has ended. This is the morning. Do you remember? Okay. So they had a dream that the house got destroyed, but then woke up. Okay. Cool. Do you remember? Pretty, pretty, yeah. Pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, Here's, here's my summary. Come quickly. Why? exclaimed Peter. Yes, said Mr. Tumnus, like an onion, except that as you continue to go in, each circle is larger than the last. They all felt just as they had felt about the fruit. Dare we? How can we get at them? As said Lucy. So they just really hungry. Yeah. Okay. And some I'm talking about some sort of mystical onions. Okay. <laughs> cool. How can we get at them? <laughs> How can we get at them? <laughs> and that was all. That was all I got. Um, I wanted to I wanted to end on a higher note for my last rewrite of this series, but this this chapter didn't give me a lot to work with. I see. It really didn't. Um, should we now go for our last segment? It's final conflict. It's the final conflict. Uh, and throughout this entire book, I have been doing random matchups from characters throughout the entire series just to see who would win. And an well, ultimate... they were only really random for the first well, like eight. Yes. Then um, <laughs> bracket style battles to see who would win in an ultimate conflict, and uh, in, in the very last battle to see who'd come out on top in Narnia. And we've been doing this this entire book, and we've finally gotten down, as luck would have it, in the last chapter. To our last matchup. It's really cool how brackets work in a... It really is. Well, I mean, it wouldn't have been if we didn't actually trash the first episode. We would have been 
one episode late. We would have finished last time if we hadn't thrown out the first uh, segment we did. Well, whatever. Anyway. So, here we are. Final fight. Kristen, who is it? This is the ultimate knockdown dragout closeout battle of the season. This is Lucy v. Puddleglum. Lucy v. Puddleglum. All right. Uh, let's come down to this. Uh, as much as I wanted it to end up being Lucy versus Tumnus, Tumnus unfortunately got knocked out. Uh, in this one, you know what? We're just going to do the Great Hollow Care Paravel. Like, All we're right. not going to roll. Like, this is the this is control of Narnia, like, last one standing, ultimate victor, etc., etc. So Lucy versus Puddleglum. Let's talk about strengths. Let's talk about them. Um, They're I, both strong archers. Yes. They both have battle experience. Yes. They've both handled uh, magical tools. Yes. They've both been heroes of Narnia. Yes. Well received. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they both made it to the finals. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Almost, well, it's questionable. I would say polar opposites in terms of philosophy because Lucy is like the embodiment of faith and belief and think, and like always believing everything is going to work out, whereas Puddleglum uh, is just a, one might argue, a hardcore pessimist who just <laughs> always absolutely assumes the worst possible outcome is going gonna, is gonna to happen. He lives life in emotional hard mode. Yes. <laughs> He does that, so they're uh, they're very opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of outlook. Uh, so I think I wouldn't say Lucy's necessarily just like a floating ball of joy, though. Like, uh, uh-huh. she's definitely very much the one who expresses the concern to Aslan that they're not going to get to stay in Narnia. You know, she's the one who still wants to stay with her family rather than follow Aslan in Prince Caspian. You know, things like that. So. She, She's not just this bundle of happiness. She yeah. is a bundle of belief. Yes. But she's not necessarily a bundle of just joy. Yes. Um, so there's that. Have we seen, aside from our uh, little matchups here in the actual book, in canon, have we seen Lucy ever fight anybody or anything? Yeah, she was in the battle uh, at Arkenland, uh, at the capital of Arkenland at the end of... Yes. She was with the archers. Yes. I know it's terrible when girls fight, but... <laughs> That's... But it's okay, because she was a woman in that book. Yes. Totally okay. So, she was there. Uh, I mean, if we're using that train of thought, we've re- only ever seen Puddle Glum kind of sort of fight one thing also, uh, and he injured himself during that. Yeah. So... <laughs> Which he did on purpose, strategically. Yes. Um... You know what? Let's make it interesting. Let's let's, do it. let's say that for this last battle, all the stops are pulled out. Lucy goes fully into Holy Spirit mode, uh, where she exists only partially. <laughs> <sighs> she exists only partially on this plane, and partially in the realm of spirits, where she can interact with all the dryads and see Aslan uh, as he's walking in the hidden ways. And so such. you're so you're you're. You you very specifically removed magic from this battle because it's the last system, battle. It's the last and one, and you're adding it back in because, for the final. Yeah, conflict. because you know this is it. This is this is the title. Uh, 
and the title should be won under the same restrictions that the game has been played the entire time. Okay, fine. You don't change the rules of football at the Super Bowl. It would be so cool if they did, though. No, it wouldn't. If there's just like it a wouldn't random... be fair to prove somebody's <laughs> efficiency at doing the game if the game is different in the final conflict. If there's just like a random dice roll before the Super Bowl that like no, you, know, you would have to game. have that randomization throughout the entire thing. This year, everybody is blindfolded. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, fine. Um, so Lucy as we brought up many times before, has the, uh, the cordial of healing. Yes. Uh, so she has that longevity going for her, uh, which is going to basically turn any battle that she is in into uh, war of attrition, unless Puddleglum is smart enough to realize that and take it out right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puddleglum is not a stupid guy at all. No, he's not. Uh, he sees all the eventualities. And so if he could notice that and be like, oh yeah, she's got that huge advantage, just go into the battle, I'm going to take an arrow and shatter that filter, and she has no more cordial. That is like that is a strategy he would take when it comes to like what we've seen of him strategically and trying to take the witch's magic away from her. Yeah. Uh, so it's entirely possible Puddleglum would come up with that, because uh, he's a bit of a conniving sort. Uh, I mean, he definitely has, if we're doing just how they've appeared in the books most frequently... Puddleglum definitely has this size and reach advantage. He's yep. a lot taller. Uh, also, larger, much longer arms. I'd say, fair wager, he'd be a better shot with a bow than Lucy would. Just because his arms are longer doesn't <laughs> mean that he has better control over a bow. I guess that's true. Uh, but also, we're like we're in the Great Hall of Caraparavel. Like we're not out in the open where people are sniping each other. Like this is going to be a close quarters fight. Uh, and I think Puddleglum is going to have the advantage there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like this is starting to kind of lean in Puddleglum's direction. Yep. A little bit. Uh, do you have, do you have a counter for how Lucy could, could take this? No, because okay. I don't actually care. I'm not emotionally <laughs> invested in these battles at all. This was a dung set. <laughs> This was a dumb segment, and then we're really not going to repeat this or do anything like it in the next series because this was a bad idea. It was entirely <laughs> your idea, and you've enjoyed it. I, I think. have, I have enjoyed it. And but... if you've enjoyed it, that's great. Yeah. I haven't wanted to participate because I didn't want to do it to begin with. Yeah. Um, so as long as you're fine with me not actually caring at all about these battles, yes. we can do something like this again. I feel like ultimately it's going to be a long fight. Uh, it's 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 going to go on for hours and hours. It's going to be you know attrition. It's going to be strategy. It's going to be knockdown drag out. Is she more familiar out. with the grounds? Oh, absolutely more familiar with the grounds. She's going to have the home field advantage. Care Paravel. I guess I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and you could also she go. She could go get all kinds of weapons. I was like, yeah, yeah, and I just thought of that. It's like she has access to like the armory, and like she knows where all the hidden passages are. And, like, in terms of, like, lay of the land, she definitely has the advantage over Puddle Glum. Uh, and that that might do it. I don't know. It's it's really, really close. I think it's really close. Uh, and ultimately, it's just going to come down to who we want to win this and be on top of the entire thing. And I think it's going to be more poetic if Lucy wins. Okay. Book starts with Lucy. Battle's going to end with Lucy. 
For the sake of poetry, she wins. Yeah. As much as I want Puddleglum to take this. You keep calling the cordial a filter. You've done that twice now. Well, a filter is like the 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 vial it lives in. pH. pH filter. No. I'm going to show you a thing. No. <laughs> well, I was technically wrong. Yeah, you don't look at that. So filter traditionally is a uh, potion, charm, or drug supposed to cause the person taking it to fall in love. Mm. So that's mm. whatever. Um, Where did you cool. recently encounter this word that you feel compelled to bring it into your everyday speech? My word of the day calendar that I use. So there you go. Uh, Lucy's going to take it um, just because I erroneously stated at the beginning that uh, we're going to do it in neutral neutral territory of uh, Care Paravel, which isn't neutral territory at all. Nope. Um, Lucy wins. Hooray. She's the ultimate victor of Narnia. <laughs> cool. Um, so as we said, we're going to do two wrap-up episodes for this. It'll come out eventually. Uh, is there anything we want to add attack on the end here i know that once we're done with those wrap-up episodes we plan to take a couple of weeks off before we start our next series yes. do we have an estimated start date for our next series <sighs> that, that depends on when we do our wrap-up episodes um <laughs> i would say uh like the first monday of june probably june yeah yeah at okay. that at the latest we are going to start in june okay so we'll be starting chronically olympus Mm -hmm. in june we'll have it on the same feed here yeah yes or are we going to start a new feed no same feed yep we're just gonna have it on the same feed here so if you are subscribed right now uh to chronically narnia you will still be subscribed uh the name will just change to chronically olympus when we start the percy jackson series uh at the beginning of june yeah 2020 wow wow almost done with this but in between now and june 6th 2020 we should be having two wrap-up episodes at least come out one wrapping up the last battle here and one wrapping up the entire series as a whole yeah never did get to plan our c.s lewis seance we didn't (laughs) we still have time (laughs) we do oh man i feel like we get sued by the estate for that Uh. We've been towing the line for years now. <laughs> that would push it over the edge. Only if we ever got big enough for them to notice. <laughs> yeah. That is one of the nice things about being a small little local <laughs> podcast. <Yep. laughs> anyway, go ahead and close this out, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed the last chapter of the entire Narnia series. Um, join us next time for a wrap-up episode on the last battle book as a whole with an unknown guest and in the meantime if you want to interact with us on social media you can do that at chronically podcast on facebook and instagram at chronically pod on twitter and you can email us your fan art of diggory's house in the country in england at chronically at gmail.com oh speaking of fan art Oh, yes! We got a delightful <laughs> got fan art uh, from the same same source as, as last one uh, with the Tash artwork, which delighted me so much. It was... it. Uh, should we just share it? Yeah, we can share it on the Okay, on the so it's, it is a... It's a, it's a meme format of, of Chris uh, 
to anyone who is starting a book on the penultimate chapter. And it's a delightful little meme. Um, So we'll reshare that on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, But as before, thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to support us financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash chronically podcast. See, it's clever that I named everything Chronically Podcast because I knew we would be changing the Narnia part of the podcast in the future. Yeah, that's prescient. I did it on purpose. Good foresight. I really did do it on purpose. Yeah. I know I know that you think that I didn't, but I did. <laughs> no, I, I'm aware that you're smart. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time. Uh, don't bark when you're swimming up waterfalls. You might you might have to start coughing and you could almost drown a little bit. And uh, don't forget to wipe your sword. Wow. As always. An old joke, really. <laughs> yeah, we had to dust that one off. <laughs> Bye. Bye. For anybody listening, we're we're planning at least to follow up a sub- uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Can you be heard? I think so. Can I be heard? Is that how loud you're going to talk the whole time? Yes, I'm going. <laughs> That's good cod pasting. <laughs> and until next time. Bye-bye. Oh, oh yeah, we're supposed to say a sign-off-y thing. Yeah. Yes, it's a word. It's not a word that you should use because it, there there are more commonly better... You, why? If you don't have any curtains, they can't be blue. Curtains can't <laughs> be blue. If there are no curtains... Maybe the curtains just don't exist. We gotta shove in every single inside reference to this podcast in the next three episodes <laughs> we possibly can. Uh, and then Aslan says, kind of, I wouldn't call it a, uh, I wouldn't call this like a. You wouldn't call it anything. <laughs> Apparently, can't get the words out. Because I was trying to think of a way to say this that I can censor. Um,. He doesn't put this in a rude way.